And the third reason why focusing on who you're interviewing rather than on who you're hiring isn't the way to go when it comes to building a diverse team is that it lends itself to tokenism. According to the dictionary, tokenism is the practice of making only a perfunctory or symbolic effort to do a particular thing, especially by recruiting a small number of people from underrepresented groups in order to give the appearance of sexual or racial equality within the workplace. Putting a sole person or two people on the interview slate because you want to hit a quota of diverse candidates that you've talked to feels more like you're about the numbers and appearances rather than being serious about diversifying your team. Again, that may not be your intention at all, but as I've said before, in the world of inclusion, good intentions are good and all, but they cannot be your marker of success. Welcome to Inclusion and Marketing, a show that's all about helping you develop the skills and insights you need to win the attention, adoration, and loyalty of more consumers, especially those with differences that are often ignored by brands. I'm your host, Sonia Thompson, a marketer, inclusive brand strategist, and coach, and someone with a lot of differences. Let's get to it. Okay, I've got another podcast recommendation for you. It's Latinx in Power, hosted by Thaisa Fernandez. It's brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. This podcast features interviews with top-level executives, entrepreneurs, and innovators from Latin America, aiming to demystify the tech industry by providing listeners with insider perspectives and insight from Latin American leaders who have succeeded in their fields. I like listening to this podcast because I like hearing from a broad diversity of voices and hearing from and learning from their experiences. One episode I'm super excited to dive into is the latest one, Lead Generation Journey with Glenville Dixon Jr. Listen to Latinx Empower wherever you get your podcasts. In the U.S., the National Football League, or the NFL, has been working for a long time to build a coaching staff and front office personnel that is more representative of not only the players on the field, but the fans as well. To help them accomplish this goal, they implemented the Rooney Rule. Now, here's what the NFL has to say about the rule on their football operations page on their website. Through hiring best practices, the Rooney Rule aims to increase the number of minorities hired in head coach, general manager, and executive positions. This diversity enriches the game and creates a more effective, quality organization from top to bottom. Now, the original rule, implemented in 2003 and named after Dan Rooney, who at the time was the chairman of the NFL's Workplace Diversity Committee, stated that any NFL team with a head coaching vacancy needed to interview at least one or more diverse candidates for the position before making a new hire. While the rule was well-intended as a means to get more diverse talent in these positions, the reality is that this approach came with its own set of issues. For instance, right now, there's a lawsuit against the NFL from at least three Black coaches two of which have said they were discriminated against during the hiring process, and another added a claim that the league showed bias overall in their hiring practices. Each of the coaches suing the NFL described among their claims 
that the interview process they went through for head coaching positions, they were described as a sham to meet Rooney Rule requirements. For one of these cases in particular, it was later revealed that another coach had already been offered the position, even though candidates of color were still being interviewed. The coach who was offered and accepted that position, Mike Malarkey, who was white, confirmed the account during a podcast interview four years after the event took place, after he was no longer in that head coaching position. Here's how he described what he called the biggest regret of his career. I sat there knowing that I was the coach in 2016 as they went through this fake hiring process, knowing a lot of the coaches that they were interviewing, knowing how much they prepared to go through those interviews, knowing everything they could do, and they have no chance at getting that job. Malarkey said this on the Inside Pro Football podcast. One other commenter on um, the NFL and the Rooney Rule and their quest to hire diverse talent, in particular more Black coaches and front office staff, he talked about the Rooney Rule, the uh, adjustments they've made to the Rooney Rule over time, the incentives that have been given to various teams in the NFL to hire more diverse talent. He talked about all these measures that have gone on over the course of nearly 20 years, and none of them have actually worked to significantly move the needle for the NFL in actually hiring Black talent or actually hiring more diverse talent. None of these things have actually worked. Now, to be clear, this episode is not about the NFL and the trouble that they've had hiring Black coaches or other diverse talent. It's about the approach and accompanying metrics you should embrace when it comes to building a diverse team. As a reminder, inclusive brands are made from the inside out. It's not enough to just be inclusive in your marketing while at the same time you have an internal team that's homogenous and doesn't reflect the customers who are buying from you. Remember, there are plenty of studies that show that diverse teams perform better than their non-diverse peers. They are also more innovative. The people that you're serving want to see that the teams of the brands that they are supporting are diverse. That's one of the markers that they use to identify whether or not a brand is authentic in their efforts or if they're just pandering with their marketing campaigns to get their money. Okay, so let's connect the dots with the NFL. As I mentioned, in 20 years of the Rooney Rule, which of course is all about ensuring you interview a minimum number of diverse candidates, the percentage of diverse talent in head coaching and other front office positions hasn't changed significantly. I bring this up because there are a number of companies who've adopted this Rooney Rule-like approach when it comes to working to diversify their team. They put targets in place, such as the number of diverse candidates that need to be interviewed for a position or the number of diverse candidates that need to be interviewed overall. But my point of view is that this approach isn't going to get you the results you seek. While it may feel like you're making an impact and it feels like you're doing a good job towards giving more diverse candidates the opportunity, quote unquote, to earn their place on the team. But there are a couple of challenges with taking this approach, this sort of methodology. First is what has been alleged to be happening in the NFL in these lawsuits. Diverse candidates are being interviewed, but they aren't getting the job, not because they aren't qualified, but because the people doing the interview already know who they want and are just interviewing diverse candidates to check a box. No bueno. 
It shouldn't need to be said, but I'm going to just say it so there's no confusion. Every candidate that you interview needs to have an equal chance at getting the job. Don't waste people's valuable time having them prepare for an interview that they realistically don't have a chance at getting. Focusing on who you're interviewing rather than who you're hiring puts the focus on a vanity metric. It doesn't really matter who you interview if you continue to hire the same type of people over and over and over again, especially if they aren't the diverse candidates. Besides, if you interview an increased number of diverse candidates and you don't end up hiring them, which we'll talk about in a bit, then it kind of sends an unstated and harmful message. The problem is with the diverse talent that for whatever reason, they aren't the most qualified or most ideal candidates for the job. And that's the reason why they aren't being hired. It doesn't have anything to do with the company. The issue is with the candidates that didn't win in what was, at least for appearances sake, looks to be an equal opportunity. These are not good signals to send. These are not the signals that you want to be sending, whether they're intended or not. It is important to note that historically, if you've had challenges hiring diverse talent, you cannot assume it is solely because you didn't have enough diverse candidates on the interview slate. You also have to consider other structural and systemic factors that are at play that prevent diverse candidates from actually getting the job. Which brings us to a second problem with focusing on the people you're interviewing rather than hiring, is that equity isn't at play. Let's get on the same page with what equity is. Equity is about ensuring that the processes and programs are impartial and provide equal possible outcomes for every possible individual. So that means every part of your recruitment and hiring processes needs to be evaluated to ensure that the processes produce equal outcomes for every individual. Now, in a lot of cases, for a lot of organizations, improvements can be made to make the recruitment process more equitable for diverse candidates. That comes from the way in which you write job descriptions, to where you go to source the candidates you interview, to the people you have interviewing and evaluating candidates, because unconscious biases are often at play here. It even includes how you evaluate what type of experiences are deemed valuable. All that plays a role in creating equitable or inequitable recruitment processes, which can impact your success when it comes to actually hiring diverse talent. So if you've historically had a challenge hiring diverse talent, simply increasing the quantity of the people you interview isn't going to change your outcomes in a meaningful way if you don't address any of the systemic or process issues that make it possible for more diverse talent to actually get hired. Equity is a really big topic. So if you'd like to go deeper in your understanding of it and how it plays a role in building diverse teams and in executing inclusive marketing, tune in to episode 19 of this podcast, The Critical Link Between Equity and Customer Success with Deborah Pickett. It was a really informative and enlightening discussion. So definitely check it out if you missed it. I'll link it up in the show notes so you can find it easily. And the third reason why focusing on who you're interviewing rather than on who you're hiring isn't the way to go when it comes to building a diverse team is that it lends itself to tokenism. 
According to the dictionary, tokenism is the practice of making only a perfunctory or symbolic effort to do a particular thing, especially by recruiting a small number of people from underrepresented groups in order to give the appearance of sexual or racial equality within the workplace. Putting a sole person or two people on the interview slate because you want to hit a quota of diverse candidates that you've talked to feels more like you're about the numbers and appearances rather than being serious about diversifying your team. Again, that may not be your intention at all, but as I've said before, in the world of inclusion, good intentions are good and all, but they cannot be your marker of success. Tokenism is harmful. Not only does it make people feel used, but tokenized people rarely get the respect they deserve. Again, if people are interviewing talent, diverse talent, just to check a diversity box they feel they need to check, then the other people on the team and even the people doing the interviewing often feel like the person being interviewed hasn't earned the right to be there. So the diverse talent being interviewed is already at a disadvantage because it's like they are pre-positioned as not as good as the other candidates and thus they have an uphill battle to climb that other candidates don't have during the interview process. This puts them at an immediate disadvantage. You don't want to put anybody in that position and especially the diverse talent that you're working to bring onto the team by making them have to fight more to prove themselves or to have to start from a position where other people are already looking down on them because of the reasons why they may think the person is being interviewed. Okay, so I've talked a lot about what I don't recommend you do when it comes to working to build a diverse and representative team. I'll walk you through what you should do right after this short break. Finding a service solution that helps you better connect with customers and keep them happy can feel impossible. Like trying to remember the name of that guy you just met at a networking event. Was it Ron? Or could it be Don? Or John? Or Sean? Yeah, that kind of impossible. HubSpot's all-new service hub can help. Well, with the service solution part, at least. It brings service and success together on one powerful platform for the first time ever. With an AI-powered help desk and an AI chatbot that handles frontline tickets fast. Plus, it comes with a customer success workspace that helps reps anticipate customer needs in a full 360 view of every customer so your go-to-market team can keep a pulse on accounts before trying to upsell or cross-sell. Also, you can scale support and drive retention and revenue. And you know what that means, better service and happier customers at every stage of the journey. Visit hubspot.com service to do more for your customers today. All right, so if you shouldn't focus on who you're interviewing as your measure of success in your efforts to diversify your team, what should you focus on? Focus on who you need and then recruit and hire who you need. I was working with a client recently and one of the things they were looking to do was increase the number of bilingual staff at their local sites. In particular, they wanted to reach Spanish-speaking consumers, and that meant that they needed team members that could serve them as well as their English-speaking customers. So what did they go out and do? They went in search of bilingual staff. They adjusted their job descriptions, expanded their recruitment channels, and I counseled them to increase the pay for these staff members because, of course, the skills they had and their job expectations would require them to serve more customers that their non-speaking Spanish counterparts wouldn't be able to do. 
So this client went out and searched for talent based upon what their business needed. And that's what I advise you to do. Shift your focus from the percentage makeup of who you're interviewing and focus your energy on the various types of talent needed for your team to perform at its best. One of the ways I like to explain this goes back to another sports example. When I was younger, I loved baseball and specifically the New York Mets. I was a diehard fan. Whenever it'd come time for the playoffs, I'd always notice the diversity of the team and how the coaches and front office staff would work diligently and meticulously throughout the year, in the offseason, and of course, right before playoff time, to ensure they had the right mix of personnel to give their team the best chance of winning the World Series. So if they had a bunch of right-handed pitchers, they'd make sure they had some left-handed ones too. If they had a bunch of right-handed hitters, they'd also want some left-handed ones. They want a combination of power hitters, contact hitters, and even people who were great at bunting. They'd want people who could steal bases, people who were great infielders, and people with super arms that could defend the outfield. They looked at their team as a whole and then worked to fill the individual positions on the team based upon what their team was lacking or needed to be strengthened upon. You need to do the same for your business. And there are two ways in particular you can go about doing it. The first is by looking at the makeup of your team and evaluating what skills, experiences, and perspectives are you lacking. For instance, does everyone on your team have the same sexual orientation or same race or come from the same type of school or have the same religion or even gender? While similarities may help your team dynamic and enable you to gel a little more naturally, Having that degree of homogeneity could be setting your team up to not be in a good position to meet the needs of an increasingly more diverse consumer base. So evaluate what benefits could having someone who is Black bring to your team or someone from the LGBTQ plus community or someone who has some form of disability or someone where English is not their first language or someone who speaks Spanish. Think about the lived experiences those people bring, the associated skills that come with those experiences, and how that can strengthen your team's bench in a way that allows you to serve your customers better. Then go out and hire those people. It is a-okay to say, we need to hire a Black copywriter, or we need to hire a Spanish-speaking customer service lead, or I'd prefer if we had someone on our creative team that has the experience of having a disability. Or you could even say, you know what? Most of our team are men and we really need more women. So let's go out and specifically recruit for women because that would certainly change the makeup of our team for the better. It may seem taboo to hire with that degree of specificity, but making sure you have specific identities represented will pave the way for you to have a well-rounded team that knows how to serve a broad range of customers. You'll have a team poised to move your brand forward and take different and more innovative approaches rather than doing what you've always done. Now remember, just because you hire a diverse team doesn't mean you'll automatically reap the benefits of one, and there's a preferred way of going about talking to people during the interview and recruitment process to ensure they know that you want them to bring their lived experiences to their work. I cover that in much more detail in episode 22 of this podcast, Common Ways Brands Treat Diverse Talent Like Unpaid Consultants and What to Do Instead. I'll link to it in the show notes so you can access it easily as well. Alex Bloomberg was the CEO of Gimlet Media a few years ago. 
they are now part of Spotify and he's still running that section of the company. Anyway, a couple of years ago, he talked about his efforts and specifically looking to hire a black editor for his team. He knew that black people were a fast growing audience in podcast listenership, and they had a few shows in their network lined up that specifically spoke to black culture, and thus they felt they needed a black editor to support their efforts in shaping their content to better serve black podcast listeners. That brings me to the second way of going about evaluating who your team needs so you can go out and hire them. Look at the current makeup of your customers or the customers you want to start serving and evaluate what your team needs to look like or what lived experiences your team needs to have to be representative of the people you want to serve. So the client I mentioned earlier wanted to serve Spanish speakers, so they needed to increase their staff of Spanish speakers. Ideally, that increase wouldn't just be in frontline positions, it'd be in leadership positions throughout their organization as well. So do you want to reach more people of color? Then make sure you have people of color on your team. And if you don't, go out and hire for it. Why is this important? Because the people you serve need to see themselves or who they aspire to be reflected in your brand's imagery. And part of your brand's imagery, of course, is the people on your team. And perhaps even more important is that having a team that is representative of the people you want to serve, your customers in this instance, positions you to be in a better position to serve those customers. So don't focus your efforts and attention on the vanity metrics of how many diverse candidates you're interviewing. Instead, focus your energy on hiring who your team needs. Not only does it give your team the diversity that it needs without leaving it up to chance, but it also hyper-focuses your recruiting efforts. So if you decide your team needs someone from the Black community, your interview slate would be filled with people from this community. If you needed to hire a woman, you go out and recruit in areas where women hang out who have the skills that your team needs so you can fill your interview roster with them. Not only will this approach focus your efforts, but it will help you diversify your team with the people that you need much faster. Now, This approach may feel uncomfortable, especially as you get started with it. But as you get into it and start seeing the impact it has both on your team and your business, I'm positive you'll become a fan of this approach as well, focusing on hiring who you need rather than focusing on who you interview. That's it for today's episode. If you'd like more support in helping you attract and retain diverse customers and talent, then my program, Inclusive Brand Academy, may be right for you. I cover these topics in my signature proven framework on building an inclusive brand. And if you select the coaching option of the program, you'll get coaching, support, and feedback on your specific questions, challenges, and plans. For more information, visit inclusivebrandacademy.com. And if you'd like today's episode, I'd love it if you'd share it with a friend and leave a rating and review for the show in your podcast player of choice. It really does help more people discover the show. Until next time, remember, everyone deserves to have a place where they belong. Let's use our individual and collective power to ensure more people feel like they do. Thanks so much for listening. Talk soon.